Hi, I'm referee Mark Fralick. Thanks for joining me today for episode 3-0. It's number 30 of the High School Basketball Referee with Mark Fralick podcast. Today's guest is Kim Poulter of Chicago, Illinois. She has officiated 15 years, and within those years, she's officiated in two state finals and 11 regionals. And here's one extremely impressive honor. She is the reigning Illinois High School Association Official of the Year. What a great honor that is. Hey, this podcast is brought to you each week because of the support from our major sponsor, which is PQ2 LLC, and its owner, fellow basketball official, and really good friend, Matt Kearns. Please visit pq-2.com and learn more about PQ2 LLC. If you would like to become a segment sponsor of this podcast, you may contact me at markfralick at hotmail.com. As you know, this podcast is set up in separate segments, which include the pregame, the first and second quarter, the halftime, the third and fourth quarter, and uh, postgame, and the five quick decisions. So if you would like to sponsor one of those, feel free to contact me. Also, uh, hit the subscribe button if you would on this podcast, and once you do that, you'll receive a notification on your phone so you can receive an update on your device whenever a new episode appears. Also, if you would, I would appreciate it if you would please rate and review the podcast so I know how we're doing. And finally, if you'd like to support this podcast financially, you can go to anchor.fm backslash mark dash and click on the support button. And from there, you can select any of the monthly options that are available, the 99 cent a month option, the $4.99 a month option, or the $9.99 a month option. Again, that helps with the podcast, and I appreciate your support. It is time for episode 30 and Kim Poulter. I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to another episode of the High School Basketball Referee with Mark Fralick podcast. And today we are real happy to have Kim Poulter with us from Chicago, Illinois. Welcome to the show, Kim. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. Well, we're going to go through this podcast, and like uh, like previous podcasts, we have our special segments. We go to the pregame, the first and second quarters. We take a break for halftime, go to the third and fourth quarters, and then we have the postgame and the five quick decisions. Before we get into the pregame, Matt Kearns is going to tell us about his company, PQ2 LLC, which is our major sponsor. Hey, Ref, if your day job requires engineering thermoplastics, connect with PQ2 LLC and have a thorough, candid, and honest pregame discussion about your next injection molding, extrusion, or blow-molded project. Make the right call to PQ2 LLC. That's www.pq-2.com. In the pregame, we uh, like to just discuss with the official uh, a lot of the same things we talk about um, in the pregame when we're at a basketball game. We get to know each other a little bit better. And uh, for you, Kim, uh, one of the interesting things to me is that um, 
we we can do a season review because it's kind of a unique situation. Your season was on hold this year. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I pretty much um, really was strict with my COVID protocols, and we I wasn't going into the office. My husband wasn't going into the office. We weren't seeing my parents, just our immediate family, our kids. So it didn't feel right to go out to the gym and be exposed to all these strangers, these kids, these coaches. And I didn't want to pose that risk to my family. So I opted out and I sure did miss the game. I miss my partners. Um, but it was a hard decision. I didn't take it lightly and I, I'm comfortable with my decision. I'm glad I did what I did, but it was hard sitting out. Well, one of the great things uh, I think that you've been awarded, as we mentioned in the uh, introduction, is that uh, this year you were named the uh, Illinois High School Athletic Association, basically, or Sports Association, that the, uh, the official of the year this year. What a great honor that is for you. And that kind of followed up in 2018. Uh, you were the uh, basketball officiating official of the year for your local association, but but this one to encompass the entire state. What what an honor that is, and and really it showcases your ability as a basketball official of, as well. So tell us a little bit about that honor, and and were you surprised about that? Oh, I was very surprised and choked up. Yeah. emotional a lot of um, emotions into that announcement I got an email one day with the letter from the um, head of the IHSA acknowledging that and congratulating me and I had to read it twice <laughs> and uh, I did I had uh, some tears and I finally shared it with my husband because we're in our home office and he's wondering why why am I crying over here? But it, it's something I totally didn't expect. Um, so to be awarded that for my th 15 years of being in the sport was a, a huge, huge, huge honor and accomplishment. Yeah. Does that put more pressure on you, you think, um, to go out and perform a little bit more? Or maybe it uh, adds to your ability to go out and mentor a little bit more? Which, uh, which one of those or both? I think both. Yeah. Um, your name gets plastered out there, so I've gotten a lot of people reaching out and congratulating me. And then I even had an AD who actually wrote a letter of recommendation for me when I was trying to advance in the ranks. And to say, four, I think it was maybe 12 or 13 years ago when he wrote that letter, and knowing that I was an, kind of a newbie then and to get acknowledged with that honor, he's like, you've come a long way. You deserve it. Kudos. So, um, but yes, a lot of people know and the expectations then are you, you better be good. Yeah. So, um, and I'm always, I'm hard on myself to begin with. So, so now there is, I feel like more pressure and, um, but that comes with the territory. Yeah, you're right. And that's kind of a nice segue into the next question. You know, we talk about what what uh, brought you into the officiating world. And I, I had to chuckle a little bit when I read uh, in your bio, it says, when I was watching my grade school children playing basketball, I thought officiating was lacking energy and desire. And I wanted to see if I could do better. And, uh, you know, I, I think uh, another great comment was my goal 
when you got into being official was to be a great grade school official. And here you are, 15 years later, the official of the year. And uh, uh, what a great ride that's been. So talk about your journey, though. Um, expand a little bit on what you said about getting into officiating and how that came to be. Well, we all know how people in the stands can really argue and have a hard time with the <laughs> officiating. And not that I was vocal being a, I was the mom of a ch- seventh grade girl out there as a point guard. And my husband was coaching and yes, you're biased as parents and fans. Absolutely. But it was at a tournament and it was towards the end of the day And since I became an official, I've learned this. I didn't know this being a fan, but that facility actually hired officials that worked 12 hours straight. So you had games from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. And if I'm watching a 6 p.m. game, heck, yes, you've been out there 10 hours. (laughs) I'm not surprised you didn't move and you were ready to get home because it's been a long day. So I, yeah, so I've learned a lot there on different facilities and what different people do and what they're capable of, capable of doing, but it didn't seem fair to the kids. My, I thought my daughter was going to actually break something because it was such a physical game and they just were not blowing their whistle. Mm -hmm. So I was frustrated and I didn't know the first thing about to become an official. I never played basketball. I only learned basketball from watching from when my kids started playing in first grade. And this was now seventh grade. So a handful of years there. So I went home that night and I just Googled how to become an Illinois basketball official, which took me to the IHSA website and basically learned from there you just had to take a test well this also was in the february march time frame so high school season is basically coming to a close but the recreational leagues that my daughter was in was a kind of a year-round thing so um it was a hundred question test since then the ihsa has changed their exams but um it was true false hundred questions um online took the test and passed and it, this was a matter of weeks not just minutes studying for the test and taking the test but um passed the test and then i'm like okay they sent me my patch in the mail and i'm like <laughs> okay now what i mean okay where do i go about getting games i just again knew nothing and then a flyer came in the mail with a patch actually that was advertising a summer clinic and I followed up and I signed up for that summer clinic and the summer clinic was actually led by the head clinician of the state of Illinois, Hmm. Harry Bone. So I went in and got um, good instruction of what to do as an official on the court, not just learning the rules that you have to know for passing the test, but it was on court supervision and um, there's assigners there then that are watching the officials and observing and critiquing. So you meet people that way that gives and assigns games. So, so yeah, it was um, again, didn't want to complain about 
officiating, not knowing anything about it. And so just going home and taking it upon myself to see if I could do any better. And I do feel I don't take all day, 12 hour days because I, I couldn't run up and down the court for 12 hours. But I just want to give myself, give it all to every game that I have um, because I, that's what the kids I feel deserve. So I try hard. I try, I work hard. I've studied hard, but that's where it all began. And I continue to learn to this day. Every game brings me something new. Well, and it's really morphed into not just high school basketball, but you look, you've, you've worked uh, Special Olympics, you've worked Nike tournament. And, and another intriguing one to me is you worked at the uh, Wisconsin Interscholastic Athletic Association uh, when you were officiating with your dad. Tell us a little bit about that. Is that, that must not be a very far drive from you. And, and did your dad get into it after you got into it? Or how did that uh, whole dynamic yeah. work? No, my dad was an official even when I was a kid and growing up. So I never went to his games though. It was something he, he played and he officiated when I was growing up, but he was more of a player like in the adult leagues. Mm -hmm. So um, didn't hear much about his officiating days, but I think when he couldn't play as much at the higher up level as the adult leagues, that's when he started officiating. And I, I just thought, what better way to bond and connect yeah. with my dad over the love of basketball was to, to rough a game with him. And again, I don't know any assigners in Wisconsin, and he just kind of works for one assigner that they go into a room and the officials are in the room. It's different. I'm not, I don't have a lot of knowledge on it, but he would get me the one game a year with him. Oh, that's great. And uh, it was, you know, all my my kids came, my aunts, my uncles. It was uh, it was quite a quite an event that I looked forward to every year, and it's been the highlight of every year when I could work with them. It was probably maybe five or six years in a row. It was just the one game a, a year in February and then he had knee replacement surgery a handful of years ago and he had to retire from officiating he just couldn't keep up with the level of play Um, so unfortunately those days are gone but they're in my memory bank forever that's that's all that matters and um, and that's a a wonderful thing that not only you but I'm sure um, all your family members will remember and that's just something that uh, it really is a precious thing so we've covered a little bit about yourself. So talk about before the basketball game. What are some of the things that you cover in your pregame? Well, pre I'm because I live in the city and I moved to the city a few years ago, I actually don't have a regular crew. So if you're on a regular crew, I think pregames are probably slim. You don't have to cover as much if you're working with the same crew every night but I don't have that luxury so a pregame is essential and um, our pregames probably last anywhere from 15 to 30 minutes so I don't have time to highlight everything we talk about in the pregame but if I'm the um, crew chief of the game that night I just want to make sure we're all on the same page get comfortable with my partners so they can 
trust me, I can trust them. I will lead the discussion, but it's a team effort for everybody to chime in as I want our crew to be the best team out on the court. Um, so at a high level, I want us all to be ready from the opening tip if anything is unusual from the start. Let's be precise. Let's look good. Let's be crisp from that first whistle, from that first call. Um, take our time. Stay in our primaries. Trust our partners. But sometimes, you know, you swallow your whistle. You don't see a play well. You were blocked out. If something, I call it the elephant in the room, if the whole gym sees that elephant, we better get it right. So um, if the primary official didn't see it, it's up to us to make sure we do get it. Um, we'll discuss unique plays maybe that have happened to us during the season so far that have come up and the learnings from it. Um, what our weaknesses may be so that we can personally help each other out. Um, what are we working on? I'm always working on something to improve. So I want to tell my partners what I'm working on and then they can help me critique me at the end of the night. Um, make sure that we'll get together if needed to get the play right. If one of us signals a three, pointer another one of us saw the foot was on the line you know all of us need that courage to go in and get it right out of bounds call same thing um i let my partners know make sure when you come to me with information that you're 200 percent sure you're right and i was wrong before um you come in and tell me because i'm changing my call if you saw it a different way out of bounds is what i'm referring to yep. so don't tell me and come in i think I saw the ball was last touched by White. No, don't come in and tell me you thought <laughs> you saw it. You come in and tell me if you're 200% sure that you saw it that way. So I like that one. Um, talk about if we have to give a technical or an intentional foul. Those are more of the unusuals. They're not as regular, so we all need to get to work. Sometimes that calling official might be a little have a little more adrenaline going and the other two officials have to help them out get get more to work get the calling official if it was a technical to report it to the table and then get out of the way you don't want to have to also give a second second technical to a coach um if that coach didn't like that first technical you called um tell them my partners let's be patient it's okay to be late with your whistle. Let's let plays develop, run through, call a consistent game. We have a block on one end of the court, and it's a very similar play on the other end. We better have a block, not a charge. Um, coaches want consistency. So so that's kind of some things we talk about. Um, if we either any of us on the crew have knowledge of any of the teams, players on the team, coaches, any history that would help us be aware of some situations. Let's share that. Um, does that help? Is that good? Yeah, that's great. So that, that will uh, be the end of our pregame. We are going to go to the first quarter. But first, Matt Kearns would like to tell you a little bit more about PQ2 LLC. 
Hey Ref, this is Matt Kearns with PQ2 LLC. Call me to discuss your next injection molded plastic resin buy. You'll realize it was a great call. We've been in the plastics business for over 40 years and are thrilled to work closely with world-class customers and best-in-class domestic and global suppliers. You can expect complete transparency through every step of your polymer sourcing process. This year marks my 34th year of officiating basketball in the state of Ohio, and I'm sending my best wishes to you for a safe, successful, and fun year on the hardwoods. Hey ref, click on www.pq-2.com. So with coaches and communication in our first quarter, um, we'd like to maybe talk about some encounters or examples that you might have uh, had over the years with coaches. Um, you know, when young officials or even us older officials or veteran, maybe I should say veteran instead of older officials. Um, <laughs> when, when we hear about stories with coaches, I think it's always a good lesson to find out how other, other officials uh, handle coaches. And, and like to hear those examples. So anything that happened to you in the past that maybe you can recall where you were able to uh, uh, use your skills to take care of a coach? Well, coaches to me have plenty to do during the game to coach. And they shouldn't be also officiating and getting in your ear the entire game. So if you hear a coach yelling, travel, and one, that's a foul, you know, <laughs> you just hear that all night. You're like, okay, coach, I've heard you. That's enough. You know, that's not their role in the court. It's, uh, it's our role to take control of that game. So I have really, though, since day one, need to work on that because I'm pretty uh, I can let coaches as according to my husband <laughs> I let coaches get away with too much I let them say too much I let them get in my ears so um, I give everybody the benefit of the doubt but I need to and and I don't know if it's a federation rule or just in Illinois but we came out with the the warning to a coach about a year two so that has been very helpful because just giving that okay and letting the table know that's your first warning because that's you're not teeing them up you don't have to tee it up it's not to that extreme but it's like okay enough yeah so i've been using that more so talk a little bit about your philosophy then uh, when when handling coaches. And it sounds like you, you're able to hear them quite a bit. Do you speak with them? Do you have casual conversation? Or is it really just strictly business? and uh, Or does it depend on the situation? So coaches basically want to know that you're listening to them. Right. So communicating with them when they have a question, yes, crucial. Totally do that. Um I at the beginning of the, as far as casual conversations, you know, if I'm the crew chief and I'm going over before the game to sign the book, I actually get the coaches to initial the book to make sure that they have seen that their players are all in there properly. So if there are any administrative issues after the game starts, its onus is on them. So it's at that time that I'll 
maybe do some little small chit chat to a coach. How's the season going, et cetera, et cetera. So that's casual and that's um, nothing more than that. During the game, I am pretty much all business. Um, Again, if they ask a question, yes, definitely answer it. Second question, absolutely. Third, yes, but I'm not answering a question after every time I blow a whistle or after every time they think I should have blown my whistle. So I can't, I'm not good enough to talk and officiate an entire game. So it gets to be the point where, okay, coach, you've, I've been good. I've answered your questions. Now it's time for me to work and you leave me alone. So, um, but yes, I wait though for a coach to ask a question. I'm just not going to come in and offer him anything, him or her anything, if I'm not being asked, because to me, I see no need in that. Occasionally, I may tell a coach that a certain player maybe doesn't appear like that player wants to play or they're getting a little dirty. So the coach didn't ask me for that information. I'm just sharing it. There have been situations where it's a little preventative where that coach then may start to see that in the player and remove the player. Or if you call a foul on that player shortly after, you know, the coach won't be as surprised at what you may have seen and what you're calling then. But, but yeah, I'm uh, pretty much business during a game, a little casual at the beginning because there's a lot to do when you're out there. I'm curious about having the coaches sign the book. Is that an Illinois mandate? Nope. Um, it's recommended not a mandate at all Mm -hmm. and I say everybody I work with in the post season does that Mm. but it's the regular seasons that gets a little lax um, and it's not done as frequently and a lot of coaches will actually turn the book over to their assistants and have them look it over and then they'll initial it Mm. but uh yeah, there's just been enough times that I think you get burned. You don't want to start the game with technical. The player wasn't in the book. Oh, they wrote it in wrong. Or, you know, you had the chance. You looked it over. If there's issues after that, they can't complain that something was done at the table wrong. Right. Well, that is the end of our first quarter. We are going to go to the second quarter where we're going to talk about players and communication. We'll be right back. Hey, ref, objectivity, integrity, and experience, all hallmarks of a quality basketball official. At PQ2 LLC, we bring those traits and an unmatched passion for our customers' successful plastic application by being a one-stop shop for thermoplastic resins. Visit our website at www.pq-2.com. Real needs practical solutions, and exponential results. PQ2 LLC. So when you talk about working with players as we enter into the second quarter, what's helped you the most in communicating with players? So I love the kids. And basically I got into this because I thought the kids deserved to have officials that cared and tried and were passionate just like the athletes are. So I treat them with respect. 
I answer their questions when they address me. I smile. I ask them if they're having fun. Um, I don't ignore them just like I don't ignore the coaches. And then if players sometimes get a little out of hand, I try to get a little mom-like on them (laughs) and um, tell them just like you have to tell, give the coach a warning. Okay, enough is enough. So, um, so yeah, but heck, I have kids of my own. I know how kids can get. I love the kids. So I don't have any issues typically communicating with the players. Isn't that half the battle? You know, I think as, as officials, we use so many, so many tools uh, that we use at home uh, as a as a parent, and we use those skills on the basketball floor, and not to take anything away from, uh, especially uh, probably the younger officials who might not have any children, but to be able to say some of the same things that we might say to our kids, or to be able to just give them that look at times that we can give our kids, it really is effective, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. 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 I, um, and, and now that my kids are older and I don't have the kids at home, I, you still never, once a mom, always a mom. (laughs) So that comes back easily. (laughs) So it's always nice to have a game where you have a a nice consistent flow. And to, to do that, we, we have a tendency to talk, try and talk players out of situations. Are you one of those officials who likes to, um, uh, talk to the players and use proactive officiating during the game? You know, at the beginning of the game, early on, yes. Mm-hmm. So easy things, get out of the lane, straight up, um, accentuate my closely guarded counts so the whole gym can see it, etc. But I'm not a talker the whole game. If they don't get it by the second half, they don't deserve me to talk, I don't feel. So whistles are warranted because I'm not going to talk the whole game. How about in some sticky situations, maybe, um, you know, when game might be late in the fourth quarter and, and you know that uh, they're playing some pretty tight defense and you don't want to have to whistle a foul? Um, do, you, yeah, do you say hands? Yeah, yeah hand, before right, administering yeah. a throw in, yep. saying, okay, straight up, yep. arms out, give space, exactly. Yep, yep. How about those difficult players? You know, we talked a little bit about that with the difficult coaches, but what about the difficult players? Um, how do you handle those players and uh, um, any stories with a player that might might be uh, helpful to other officials? You know, the play, difficult – well, I've, again, just like I don't tee up coaches much. I, can, I don't tee up players much either, the difficult ones. They – get if player com- first of all if a player complains to me you've got those that are um and that could make them maybe what you're considering difficult right. she can you watch number red two she's all over me she's holding me she but if she's if she's coming to me five times a game with a complaint you know i'm i'm going to acknowledge that i've heard her but you don't have to come telling me all the time but you know, you worry about playing and I'll worry about officiating. So I'll put an end to it mm-hmm. um, after a while. And again, you got to hand out technicals to players too if they get out of line, starting unsupporting behavior, etc. So you've got that big tool in your toolbox and you got to use it. Yep, exactly. Totally agree. Well, hey, that puts the end to our second quarter. We're going to take a break for halftime. We'll be right back. 
Hey Ref, this is Matt Kearns and I'm honored and proud that PQ2 LLC is sponsoring my very good friend and former co-official Mark Fralick and the High School Basketball Referee Podcast. I love plastics manufacturing and making things happen in the world of engineering, resin, distribution, and compounding. But come on, there's nothing like game night. A packed gym, the place is rocking, and we leave the floor knowing our crew gave the players and coaches our best, right? I truly hope you enjoy these podcasts and thank you for your continued support of the High School Basketball Referee Podcast and PQ2 LLC. Tonight's tip, nobody came to see us officiate, so make sure the kids are the stars on game night. Welcome back for the third quarter. In the third quarter, we talk about officials, communications, crew dynamics. But before we get to the questions, Matt Kearns and PQ2 LLC want to tell you this. Hey, Ref. Rule 1, Section A, Article 3 in the Project Management Rulebook says trusting your business partner gives you the best chance to launch your new plastics project application. Make PQ2 LLC part of your crew on your next thermoplastic resin application. Call 330-888-9448 and ask for our in-house basketball official and owner, Matt Kearns. Well, we talk about uh, in our third quarter, we talk about officials and and, uh, crew dynamics, and uh, we, we all know that as the game progresses, that uh, our communication as a crew is very, very important, and uh, whether that's verbal or nonverbal. So talk a little bit about how you communicate with your crew throughout the game and how it continues to get better and better. So, um, yeah, communication with – we've already talked about communication with coaches and players, but with your crew, it's – you got to know what they're – saying what you're saying, how you're verbal and nonverbal. So I was told by one of my mentors that you should make sure that the person in the top, the fan in the top bleachers, if he can't hear you, he can see you. So my mechanics, um, I, I work on my mechanics and verbally is being as loud as we can be is also important. So Um, I say everybody needs to hear or see you. So you need to take your time after you blow your whistle. So give preliminary signals. I don't know if in Ohio they're a big deal, but they really stress preliminary signals at the spot of the foul so that Mm -hmm. then your partners know what you're calling and then they can get to work to keep the flow going while you're reporting to the table. Mm -hmm. So at halftime, it's great to talk with your crew on those plays that, you may have questioned your own whistle or your partner's whistle. Was anything missed? So players should know how you're calling the game and they should be the ones adjusting in the second half. So, um, so talking about that at halftime, if the game does seem to be getting a little too physical, the way you have been calling it, talk about cleaning it up. At least think about that. But hopefully the way you start calling the game can be called the same way until the final horn. 
You know, isn't it amazing, I think, that especially if you work with a crew that you're not familiar with, um, how that communication is so critical and not understood or seen by the fans, but it certainly is by the crew members. And uh, knowing that even though we talk about stuff in the pregame, we've got to continue to get better as a crew throughout the game. And that only happens if we have that verbal and nonverbal communication, correct? Correct. I say also in the part of the pregame is I want to see your eyes or your nodding your head before I administer any throw in or before I administer a free throw, anything. We just need to look at each other and make sure we're on the same page Mm -hmm. all all the time. That's just um, inexcusable if you're not. Right. I agree. What about advice to some of the eager young officials that are moving up from the lower levels up to varsity? What's some of your best advice for that group? Mm, Know the rules. Um, It's important at all levels, but expected, I'd say, much more at the varsity level. Um, Be careful also for what you wish for. You might have, you might think you're ready for varsity, but if you get a varsity and you fail, that could really set you back for a long time. So just be patient, keep working, working for that goal. And you will eventually get there. If you know the rules, if you look the part, if you, um, if you do what you're supposed to do, you'll get there. And also be ready to get challenged from coaches at that varsity level if you are the newbie of the crew and your partners are veterans because you're new you will need to prove yourself to those coaches you've been uh two state finals um, yes yes nine years as a uh, uh nine years for sectionals 11 years for regionals my goodness it's quite a career you have but in that whole realm of your experience, what's the best advice that you ever received from a fellow official? Mm. I've received so, so, so much great advice. I don't know if I can come up with one thing to say is the best I ever received, but I'd say since block charge might be one of the hardest calls to make, Mm -hmm. um, perhaps some of the advice at the top of my list would be referee the defense. So if you're looking at the defender and the defender has established legal guarding position and there's contact and there's displacement, how can you possibly call a foul against the defender? So um, that's still I struggle with to this day, though. I work on, I watch film, and I, I have... I've seen me miss those calls, and I get so upset. It's, uh, <laughs> and I know what I need to look for. And I don't always get it right, and it kills me, but uh, it's the best, probably one of the best advices I, I get. You hear all the time, and it's so true. But sometimes you're, if, you, if you're not focused on that, it can bite you in the butt. Absolutely. So I still work on it. So fellow officials, um, you know, I think in this, seg- in this segment, we talk about how officials can get better on the floor and during the season, but let's, let's look at off season. And I noticed in your bio, you do a lot of biking and running and, and so forth. So what do you do 
um, during the season, during the off season to stay really in shape? Well, during the season, I just officiating is about all I have time for with between work and getting to games. I basically, my game time is about a six hour time in my day from leaving my home to getting to the game early to the game and driving home. So that takes a pretty big chunk out of my day. And uh, so during the season, I'm pretty much roughing as, is it on days that I don't officiate, I might um, go for a little run. Off season, I'm yes, I'm a huge biker and I love to run. And recently picked, learned how to play the game of pickleball. Oh yeah. So um, been doing that, but um, so, so yeah, anything outdoors that I can do when the weather's nice, I'm there. Boy, so pickleball um, has taken off, hasn't it? It has, you know, and the struggle now is to find courts that you can play on because it is, there's so many people coming out to play and there's not, at least in the city, there's not, um, again, this is a, a month old for me, so I'm really new at it, but, um, but finding those courts that have nets and that you can play at yeah. all year round. I heard people like to play, so it's great. It's fun. And it's way to meet people as well. Exactly. Just like officiating. You meet so many people. I've already met so many people playing pickleball, which is, is great. Look at that. You can even do some recruiting for officials, right? You can bring some of those pickleball players into it. Uh, you know, <laughs> all, uh, all the time that's in the back of my head because of the shortage of officials. Right. And I do what I can. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's it's a hard sell it to is. most of the people I meet. Right. You know, it's, it's just what they see on TV and in the news a lot of times. And, unfortunately, that's not what it's all about. And we'll talk a little bit more, more about that yeah. later. But. That is the end of our third quarter. Let's head on over to the fourth quarter. We'll be right back. Hey, ref, the fourth quarter is crunch time. With the outcome of the game in the balance, a hoops official's greatest assets are experience, knowledge, and game management skills. And when that final buzzer sounds and we return to the locker room for our post-game debrief, we know we've done our best. When it comes to plastic resins, PQ2 LLC brings the same experience, knowledge, and management skills to every client engagement. Our observations are focused, our solutions are practical, and our results are exponential. Check us out at www.pq-2.com to learn how we've earned our stripes. So our fourth quarter, we talked just a variety of different things. And, um, you know, the game is tied at 60. There's five seconds to go. Team A's got the ball, and they're underneath their own basket, and there's a timeout. What are you going to talk about with your crew? Well, one, hope that it's a full timeout, not a 30-second timeout, because there's <laughs> a lot you can talk about. Sure. Um, go over numbers. So does team B have a foul to give before you put team A on the line for a one and one Does team A have any more timeouts left in case they get in trouble getting open to do the throw-in? 
are any players in foul trouble and to be ready for anything. So don't just assume that team A is going to inbound the ball and get to set up their play and try to score at the buzzer. I mean, be ready for a steal by team B. So if team B steals, um, does team B have a timeout left? Be ready to grant the timeout. Or if team A scores right away, um, be ready for a quick basket and what happens next. So also talk about that last shot. So if who's responsible for that whistle? So if an official that has the last shot has the clock and the action in front of them, the player, the defender, is it a three-point shot? Is it a two-point shot? Um, those partners better be ready to help with did that shot get off on time or not? Um, so we'll be, well, there's a lot that you can talk about, and we'll just get in as much as possible in the short amount of time that we have. Yeah, and you're right. There's a lot to talk about. A lot of it really depends on the game situations too. And, um, you know, we know that those games are real tight and uh, uh, we've got to make sure that we're on top of our game as well. But what kind of things, especially in situations like that when the game is really tight, how do you remain calm on the floor? What kind of, do you have habits that you use to remain calm? No, I think it's the, you again, your partners, hopefully you've been with them through the most of the game, but if you're comfortable with them, you trust them, they trust you, give them a nod, give them a thumbs up, you know, you have each other's backs. So being, having a tight crew is what, and a good crew that's, gelling and and calling a consistent game is what keeps me calm you know you got into officiating when your um when your child was would you say seventh grade right correct yep yeah Mm -hmm. so you know that's some people might think that that's a little later in life to do things but i'm sure you've been able to learn a lot about it what kind of things uh, have you been able to gain from officiating professionally uh, and maybe even in your personal life so it has made me more outgoing. Um, I probably wouldn't want to be doing this podcast. <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't be needing to talk to me if I'm not a basketball official. But just um, being able to speak in front of people easier, better, so more more outgoing. And I've always loved the sport of basketball. And now that I'm an official and I know the rules, it's so much easier when you're watching games with family and friends. They're the ones always asking me, what did you see on that play? Was it a whatever? You know, I don't think so. So um, not that I know all the rules, but um, as far as when you're watching NBA or college as well, but it's nice to be able to talk a little more confidently and intelligently about the game. Oh yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And uh, being in the big uh, area of Chicago, you've got a lot to talk about sports-wise there, but what's the scariest thing that, has happened to you either on the court or maybe off the court uh, after, before, during a game? I'd have to say getting escorted, security escort to my car. Hmm. Um, fans can be brutal. Yep. I mean, like I said, we know, the, know how passionate they are and their team loses and their season ends. Um, it, it, unfortunately, it, I wish it wouldn't have to get to that extreme because that does take some of the fun out of it for me. But that gets scary. Yeah, 
you're right it does and and i guess nobody really understands that until they do get escorted out of game and it's it is no fun and um it, it kind of weighs on you all the way home and uh, i've heard some people it even bothers them you know going into the next game so that's just um you know it's it's one of those growing up moments <laughs> you know you don't like but, it but you have to deal with but it both it happened twice to uh-huh. me and both times though it's like we had our post game and our crew felt great about the game yeah. no regrets well you always have a little regrets but nothing like oh we wish the, the wrong team won or something happened that caused us to blow the game so our crew gelled we had a great game it was just fans that were unhappy for again their biased reasons sure. but i so no i can't say i took that into the next game That's with good. me it's just you'd, you'd i never want to fear for my safety yeah. over this little fun sport of mine i do it for fun i'm not it's not my career so i don't want to get hurt over it yeah, exactly yeah. well hey we made it through the whole game we're in the four we, we've just finished our fourth quarter we're gonna go to the post game so we'll be right back after we hear a little bit from matt kearns hey ref good game when a coach or player acknowledge your effort At the end of a contest, it can make the difference between a fun ride home or one where you're questioning every call you made in total silence. In business, it's no different when the customer values your performance and takes the time to let you know. Visit www.pq-2.com forward slash about to read customer testimonials and then call us at 330-888. 9448 to discuss your next plastic application needs. Never ride home wondering if you made the right call. Well, some of the best parts of basketball officiating and really probably any officiating, I think, is that brother and sisterhood. And and I always enjoy talking about this because some people have some great stories uh, about that friendship or whatever it might be and and you know we we tend to travel I think in the more rural areas probably we travel to the games together uh, there might be a post game destination uh, as well but it really that that bonding process of the officials is uh, pretty special to, so talk a little bit about that from your perspective um, and maybe some examples of how that's been really uh, a great experience for you in your 15 years well, by far, the best part of becoming official has been all about all the, what I call my friends, my officiating family, the brotherhood and sisterhood. I have met many dear friends that I hope will be lifelong friends of mine, and I consider them family. And if I hadn't started officiating, I don't believe our paths would have ever crossed. I'm an accountant. <laughs> I'm... So I uh, I don't go out and I'm not a salesperson that gets to meet a lot of different people on the road. I'm pretty much, I don't travel for my job. Um, we have so many diverse backgrounds. You know, I've met teachers and lawyers and dentists and priests and uh, stay-at-home moms and you name it. I mean, they come from all walks of life and it makes us a very unique breed and we have that one common ground 
and I truly feel like I have an extended family with many of my official friends. And it is fun reminiscing after games during socials. Our association, our officials association has a couple socials a year, as well as you go out after we have a banquet every year. And even after meetings, you go out for pizza and you talk about those things that have happened to you and you you can laugh about it later or you can learn from other people's stories but it's one thing it seems like i don't know if you feel the same way but when i go home my family might be ready to listen to one story that i had from the night but mom, make it quick, make it short, where officials can drag out a law story. Of, you can talk for an hour after a game about what happened. So, um, so it's nice to reminisce and talk with fellow officials about details that my family might not want to hear about. So, <laughs> so it's fun. And even this, because I opted out of this season, I still reach out and wanted to hear some stories because again that's a big aspect from yeah. that I missed this year and I still wanted to to hear about it and then you miss it even more but uh but great stories great friends love them dearly does it take you back a little bit to when your dad uh, you know you said your dad officiated and um you know, did he come home with stories and nobody wanted to listen? <laughs> and does do you do a little reflecting on that now? <laughs> so it's kind of funny with my dad. He's always been hard of hearing. So, so his he's out there having a good old time fun. He doesn't hear fans. He doesn't hear coaches. <laughs> he's just he he's a little on the extreme and never had some of the stories to share because of his lack of hearing. But, um, and because too, he did play in more adult leagues when I was growing up than officiate. He did more of the officiating after I left the house. Um, but then after I did become an official and even taking the test, the first time going through things with him um he's very um our personalities are different where i'm hard on myself and want to go through every nitty gritty detail about a situation and my dad has come and watched me officiate and at the end of a game i'll ask for feedback and he'll say oh nope honey you had a great game. I wouldn't have called anything differently. So he's um, very easy on me. Let's put it that way. Um, so no, as far as him being an official growing up, I don't have that much experience with that um, because of the time that he got into it. But well, you have your husband Scott and uh, daughter Ashley and son Matthew and uh, new daughter-in-law Julia. So, um, you know, as we all know, we officiating takes its toll on, on a family. And uh, uh, how have you been able to balance that life between your home life, your work life, and officiating life? Well, I've always strived to put my family first. And unfortunately, I had to miss some of their activities when they were, especially my kids, when they were in high school sports um, due to my schedule. But I also had the benefit of 
trying to get my daughter's schedule in advance because I knew her coach so that I could see the games, the date she's playing. So I wouldn't schedule games on those same dates, but obviously changes occur and it's bound to happen. And I did miss a few things, but, um, family came first and, um, I, I gave up games so that I could watch her games. My son only played football, not basketball. So those seasons didn't coincide. So Mm -hmm. I didn't miss any of his seasons. Um, and working part-time was probably my salvation. I worked three days a week, so that helped tremendously. I don't know if I could have dedicated so much time to officiating if I were a full-time employee. Mm-hmm. And I do believe most officials need to have a strong support system at home in order to make it work. My family knew Um, They understood how much I enjoyed it. So they didn't want to take that away from me either, even though it took time away from the family. So if it was important to me, it was also important to them. So, Well, congratulations to your family. I think that's fantastic for everybody to give you that support. So that's uh, that's really cool. And that is also the end of our postgame. We're going to go to our five quick decisions. We'll be right back. Hey Ref, PQ2 LLC is proud to be the thermoplastic resin company that dares to be different. Call Matt Kearns at 330-888-9448 and ask what makes PQ2 LLC different. Officials cite relationships within the community of basketball officials as a huge reason why we take the floor each game night year after year. PQ2 LLC brings the same passion you have in the locker room to every client relationship we've built over the years. So our five quick decisions, uh, I'm going to throw you a curveball on this one. I didn't, you know, technically folks, when I uh, provide questions for the officials for this podcast, um, this one I didn't provide in there, but I had to add this one in here. I actually wrote it down uh, during our podcast because it says here that you're a fan of Chicago sports team and uh, teams and the uh, Big Ten Conference. So the first question on five quick decisions, who's, who, and I know the answer already, but I'm going to ask anyways, who's the best NBA basketball player? LeBron, <laughs> Larry Bird, Bill Russell, Magic Johnson, or Michael Jordan? <laughs> Michael Jordan. <laughs> uh, I know. I, I shouldn't expect anybody else, right? I, I don't think you'll put Scottie Pippen in there. My son had a Michael Jordan autograph jersey framed in his bedroom growing up that he still owns and took with him when he got married. But, uh, yeah, that's that'll be a treasure and a keepsake forever. And Absolutely. he was fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I loved watching Michael Jordan play. That's a lot. That was a great era of NBA basketball. So how about food at your ball games? Do you get fed? And if you do, what's the best food you've ever had at a basketball game? The best food is a couple tournaments that I officiate. One is in the summer and one is the winter Christmas tournament where the parents of the players make the food, bring in homemade bakery, oh, grill for us. Wow. Um, yeah, it's um, amazing food. Um, 
in the summer, yeah, the grilling at outdoors and it's usually hot and they're they're just sweating and sweltering <laughs> and putting so much effort into that that is it's so good to see. The winter tournament, the when I'm referring to the mother of the A D would bring in homemade food for all of the officials and feed the officials for the entire tournament. If there's one rule that you could change in high school basketball, what would it be? When a I wouldn't want I I would love it if coaches couldn't call timeout during live ball action. I like that one. Yep. What do you think is the most misunderstood rule from fans and coaches? Block charge. Yep. But she was moving. Yeah, <laughs> um, don't have to be standing still <laughs> to be to be called for that. So yeah, money. I I hear that a lot. The other one I'd say I hear too. Oh, she's over the back. Oh yeah. You know, well, was there contact or was she just taller and she could grab it? Right. So those two come to mind. Well, speaking of things that fans yell out, what what uh, or maybe coaches, whatever. But what uh, last question? What is the funniest thing that a player, coach, or a fan ever said to you? So it was a postseason game a couple years ago in the city of Chicago, one high school. My husband came to that game, <laughs> and he he had to tell me about this. I didn't even know. So it wasn't anything that somebody said. It was what they did. So I was standing at center court administering, about to get ready to start the second half, administering the throw-in. And the team mascot was behind me, imitating me. (laughs) So I do strive to have pretty precise mechanics. So he was like doing a closely guarded count, you know, with the straight arms, sharp, you know, whatever. So he was, he was mimicking me, imitating me, making fun of me. And I didn't even know it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that would have been a good video to see. <laughs> you know, yeah. sometimes those mascots, they can offer some pretty funny things, you know? I always like those yeah. those mascots. Yeah. Well, well, Kim, thank you. I know as an accountant, this is your busy time of year, and uh, I, I just appreciate you being able to take an hour out of your time to spend with us and be a part of the High School Basketball Referee Podcast with Mark Freilich. Well, thank you for reaching out. It was my pleasure. And that closes another episode of the High School Basketball Referee with Mark Fraley podcast. I appreciate you taking the time to listen. Until next time, have a great day. Brighten someone's day with a smile. And God bless.